And this is the first meeting that I've ever been to in 30 odd years that I've actually had a, a bursary or someone help with the costs. We are in a state of change when it comes to our fisheries management. The time is ripe for change and ripe for improvement. They need to get the fishermen in and they need to listen to them, say, what do you do? What do you need? I see real opportunities for UK fisheries. It's just, just a matter of taking that first step. How do we hold policymakers to account? How do we make the, the, the good ideas become um, policy reality? Welcome to Fathom, the podcast getting below the surface of the UK fishing industry. Welcome to the very first episode of Fathom. Today we'll be taking you on a deep dive into the future of our inshore fisheries conference, a hugely significant event that took place just a few weeks ago. Of course, Team Fathom were there. Our usual Fathom episodes will be built around unpicking complex regulation with sector experts and stories right from the coast, but we couldn't resist the opportunity to take you with us to this crucial event and hear from the most important experts out there, the fishermen themselves. We hope you enjoy it. We are your hosts. My name's Harriet Yates-Smith. I'm Chris Ranford. And I'm Paul Tarilko. So welcome to episode one. And what we're going to do is take a look back at the future of our inshore fisheries conference. This was a sort of landmark event that took place in London early October. It brought together fishermen, policymakers, uh, fisheries managers, scientists from around the UK and, and beyond. In fact, there was a, a global attendance with speakers from Canada, Norway, uh, New Zealand and, uh, and a whole host of countries. So uh, a real eclectic mix of people, faces, characters. So during the course of this episode, we're going to hear from fishermen who attended the conference, the conference organisers. We've got short conversations with Anne Freeman, Deputy Director of DEFRA, from Barry Dees, leader of the National Federation of Fishermen's Organisations. Some of the some of the optimism, some of the fears, some of the, as you'd expect, some of the cynicism, but hopefully bringing that flavour to you um, and almost give you an experience of being there. I spoke to Ava Martin, she is from Seafish, um, but she's also, she sits on the steering group for the conference. I was asking her a little bit about where the conference came from, who are the players involved, and mostly just about why it's so important to get uh, fishermen in the room together um, and why it's so, so important that they're involved in this, this process. This is very much a collaborative project between industry, between government, between the science community and uh, hopefully between the recreational fishing community as well. And it recognises that we are probably in a state of change when it comes to our fisheries management, both offshore in terms of what's going to happen with the common fisheries policy, but it was also a really good opportunity to look at what we're doing in our inshore fisheries. And it is clear that, that the time is ripe for change and ripe for improvement. Why is it important to get everyone in, in the room together? Because nobody has the answer to this to this question of what's the best way to manage inshore fisheries we've looked right across the globe and the one common denominator is that you get a better outcome if you bring people in together and you work collaboratively and you co-manage the resource i think if you left this to just one party whether that was government or industry you'd only ever get half the story so it's really impor- important that we all work together and you've got a lot of fishermen in the room today. Really delighted yeah. with, with the turnout today. We have uh, over 60 fishermen who've taken the, the time out of their really busy days. You know, this is peak fishing season for some of them, but they, it just shows how important they felt this conference was um, and how, how uh, important it was for them to come along and share their views and have a voice in the, uh, the future development of a, of a fisheries management regime. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also worth saying that this conference is just one part of a, of a multi-year 
year project. We're not going to get all the answers um, out from this conference, but it's a really good place to start. It's great to learn from what other countries are doing. It's great to hear active fishermen's views on what needs to happen, what needs to change, and to, uh, to learn what we might be able to do next. Paul, just a quick question on that. What is the real motivation for change here? And is it just a case of the industry speaking louder and the government being more open to listening? Yeah, I think AFA gave a, a, real, a real good background there into to, to this event. Um, what, for me, the real driver was industry itself. Um, inshore fishermen um, recognising there were some uh, things not working for them. This varied across the country and this really was seen as an opportunity of drawing that together. I think the thing that really makes this a different kind of conference is the fact that the DEFRA policymakers at a senior level showed some genuine interest, are here in attendance uh, and seem willing to take forward what comes, what comes from the conference itself. So, you know, uh, AFA was bang on with the description, but for me, the real driver here are the fishermen themselves. Talking of fishermen, let's hear what a few fishermen in the room had to say about the event so far. I give up an awful lot of time to go to meetings and this is the first meeting that I've ever been to in 30 odd years that I've actually had a, a bursary or someone yeah. help with the costs and I think it needs people forget that obviously the fisheries people and government bodies civil servants etc get paid to come to these meetings their expenses everything is taken care of if you're an independent fisherman which all of us are here, but we're all self-employed. We don't get sick pay, we don't get any pensions, we've got nothing. And not only do we have to take time out of work to come here, it also comes out of our own pockets to fund coming to meetings. So the fact that they've actually got together today and actually said, look, we'll give you a hand, I mean, it does make a world of difference. And it's good to get everybody together in one room as the fishing industry does need to get together with those that be, the powers that be, to sort things out. Because the, the one thing that I think the government lacks is communication with the boots on the ground. In the end, what happens is that the upstairs management become detached from the people on the floor. So it's a good get together. And the way the fishing industry is moving and it's evolving very quickly as, as boats and gear types and everything progresses, I think that now and again the industry needs to get together and say right look this is what's happening this is how we're doing it how can you help us and how can we help you to push things forward so it's it's there's a better system in place and easier to manage and to enforce you're, you're bigger than me yeah well, are we aren't we I don't know with two hands uh, we fish one to two day trip fish within the six mile limit a lot within the 12 mile limit a lot Outside of it also, we don't do anything different than a large under 10 metre trawler will do. There's a quite clear them and us. I don't think in 20 years most of these government offices will have a job because there won't be any fishermen. There's so many restrictions in place, none of which they involved us with. Is, is that why you're here today? Because you really want your voice heard? Well, I think it's getting a bit late. Is there room for change? They listen. Most of them ain't done a day's fishing in their life, so they don't know. No idea. Going out there. Do you think that it's positive that there are so many people in the room today? Do you have hope? It's positive. Yeah, okay. But whether it'll bring anything for our advantage yeah. or to help us in any way, I'm not sure. I don't hold out too much hope. So what do you think of the event? 
Very good, yeah, yeah, very positive. Which not, not often get positive stuff at the minute, is it, this climate? But you no, know, it's brilliant. Yeah, I really enjoyed it and different experience for me. I've never really done anything like it. So as long as it's a start or something, then it'll be very, very good, yeah. Take home messages. Just my, to me, is going to be going home and telling the rest of the fishermen about it and how positive it was so that hopefully if it happens again, it's going to be a lot more of us attending um, or wanting to attend at least, depending on how many can. So if you were kind of asked to get involved in like future work in terms of like building out some sort of policy or anything like that, you'd be keen to be involved? Yeah, definitely, yeah. The only limit for me is, is fishing, so if it would be all down to funds and, uh, and everywhere at sea, but uh, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah, I've really enjoyed it. And as long as I can see that it's going to go somewhere, I'd, I'd be happy to be a part of it right through. Results. Yeah, yes. uh, with us a lot of us, some, not a lot, but some of us being in our 20s, this, this is going to affect us directly, so if we can be a part of it now, it's going to benefit us in the future, I think. Yeah, you definitely were one of the younger ones in the room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't think there was many our age, yeah, a handful of us. If, if things like this go well, it could be a bright industry to come, so it could, yeah, it could be more and more young people coming into it, I think, I'd like to think. Anyway. So I found that really fascinating. Certainly James's comments at the end there, there seems to be almost two themes arising out of these, these comments off the ground from fishermen. One really focusing on the importance of future fisheries management, whether that's inshore, offshore, or the two being interconnected. But also there's a real hope and, and seeming sort of celebration around the fact fishermen are really included in this process and the co-design, co-management concept seems to be arising as a just as important as the, as the fisheries management. No, fair point there, Ronnie. you're spot on. But for me, I think the two things, co-management and future of uh, fisheries management, are really closely intertwined. If the outcome and, and, and the buzz is all about co-management, then it needs to be genuine and that needs to involve fishermen from the very beginning. And if that is done right, with genuine involvement from fishermen, then I think that, that kind of by default takes us to good, sound, fisheries management going forward. So as we stand today, it almost seems like two concepts. The future of fisheries management needs to draw those back together so that co-management is a fundamental part of fisheries management going forward. And that's something that I picked up with Barry during the conversation. around. The, the buzzword in the conference is co-management. How can we make co-management work? And we had Wes Erickson, the Canadian fisherman from British Columbia, giving us a very good example of how they turned their fishery around. And if you look at the themes uh, within his presentation, so that's how you, know, how you relate to government, um, how you deal with capacity, uh, how you deal with NGOs, uh, how you deal with catch documentation, all those are strands that we need to be thinking about in terms of how we manage our inshore fisheries in, in the future. And I, I think if, if we can make the idea of co-management work, and I think there is a, co a commitment from government at the moment, but I think it's really important to understand that that doesn't mean a kind of formula. Uh, what it means is that there'll be different types of co-management, and pr producer organisations are already an example, a good example of uh, co-management in action. I'm just going to interrupt there. What does, I want to know what he means when he says that co-management's a bit like running a PO. Well, I think what Barry was trying to say there is that um, if you strip it all back, um, producer organisations, POs, are um, collectives of fishermen. So they're run by fishermen. So here at the, the Cornish PO, so we, we identify issues, we look to develop management or uh, science around those issues, and then we look to influence the uh, management decisions by speaking directly with uh, the policy makers with DEFRA of the MMO. And for my mind, that's exactly what co-management is. Fishermen is uh, policy makers 
scientists coming up with sound fisheries management that can be bought into by those who are being managed and those who are doing the managing. What we're talking about here is the future management of our inshore fisheries, as, as the title suggests. There's an opportunity here with Brexit, uh, but also the, the current government's attitude to do things differently than we've done in the past. So here's an opportunity for everyone to have their say. The best ideas uh, will be taken on board. And I think the really important thing to take, uh, to take heart in is the commitment to take work strands from this. We'll be taking the best ideas, working them up, and taking them forward. So that's, that's why I'm, I have a good feeling about this conference, uh, both the attendance, but also the, the commitment to make a difference. So Barry mentioned in his interview Wes Erickson's presentation. We're going to hear from Wes now. He uh, spoke about a little bit about his home management journey and re reflects on, on the whole process for us. All right, my name is Wes Erickson. I'm a fourth-generation commercial fisherman from the Pacific West Coast of Canada. This is all very familiar for me. Um, it's like I've been transported back in time 20 years, dealing with similar issues, struggling and wondering how to move forward, and that feeling of powerlessness that we had, and wondering if there was ever going to be a solution to the problems we had. I see real opportunities for... UK fisheries, it's just, just a matter of taking that first step. Like a newborn learning to walk, you know, they take that first uncertain step and the second step gets a little more sure. And as they continue walking, they get more sure-footed. And I think that's where we are right now here in the UK. There's been a couple of comments from some of the guys today just being like, it's too little, too late. Why are we starting now? We've been talking co-management for such a long time. Were, that, were they the sorts of things that you were thinking about? Like, is there time to change? It's, it's never too late. I mean, that's a defeatist attitude. And there's always people who have a problem for every solution. And you really do have to get beyond that. It's never too late to take those first steps and start moving forward. Any advice that you would give fishermen kind of to kind of embark on this or potentially kind of give their thoughts and advice and be involved in this process? I'm reluctant to give advice, but for what, if I were to say anything, it would be, you know, don't be afraid to move on out of that familiar rut and, and, uh, and move forward. So from what I've heard so far uh, from fishermen, from sea fish, from NFFO, this is all sounding really positive. I guess the only risk that comes with this is building a lot of expectation running a conference like this. Um, how is this actually going to be actioned in, in reality? How does this convert? So uh, Paul spoke with Dan Freeman from DEFRA to take this a bit further. I think one of the concerns I've heard coming through is how do the words get transformed into policy and action? And I was just wondering what the perspective is from DEFRA about how that's going to be delivered and how committed are DEFRA to, to seeing this through? Great question. I think it's, uh, we're going to have to take time to reflect, all of us, and I don't think it is just for DEFRA to think about how we take this forward because that would just be undermining everything we've just spent the last two days doing. Also, you know, fisheries is devolved, got to think about that. Got to think about the different things that can be done in, for DEFRA different areas so um, I think we've got loads of ideas coming from that room some really great examples from right around the country and the world we need to work through those and work with the industry to work out our priorities and pull together an action I think that has to be a positive thing when we have senior DEFRA officials um, expressing that kind of enthusiasm um, about how they're going to take this forward and that kind of level of commitment I've not experienced before so that's, that's got to be a real positive thing I think the other thing I just while, while we've got Anne is just to ask her you know today's the title of the conference was um, future of inshore fisheries and, and as you know the, the, the CFPO uh, is, a, is a broad church with 
with, with large, small, inshore and offshore. And I thought that, that throughout the conference, although it was called an inshore conference, I think it was about the future of fisheries management and that kind of genuine co-management where no one part of the fishing industry gets special treatment, but what we're about is protecting and ensuring the diverse UK fleet, big, small, inshore, offshore, are protected through what are uncertain times, but clearly an opportunity at the end of it is for better management, sustainable fisheries, more money for fishermen. I think you're absolutely right, and the more I understand and learn and talk to people about fisheries, you realise that actually you can't separate anything out. It's all interconnected. If if one part of the, the sector is suffering, that affects everybody. There will be displacement effects, there will be unintended consequences, so we've got to think about this in a completely holistic way and talk to each other more, work together, yeah, seize this opportunity. So, I mean, you, you cannot get a more positive end to a conference than a senior DEFRA policy person talking about seizing the opportunity and going forward, talking about action lists and where we go next. So, um, that's great stuff. I guess, um, to me, it feels like we're, we're at a bit of a crossroads. Um, one way leads to um, a report and a, a glossy write-up that goes onto a shelf and gathers dust. The other path, which is the one I want to choose, is one where there is genuine action. When we come back together in three months' time, talk about those work packages, those action lists, taking them forward to uh, a policy conclusion. So there is some actually reality in this. Um, but you know, I, I really genuinely feel enthused by um, by the conference itself that I attended, and now this conversation we're having, looking or reviewing that conference. So. Um, as always, I am a eternal optimist and, uh, and I genuinely think this is a defining moment in fisheries management in the UK. Yeah, and I think I, as part of this podcast, I think it's up to us to revisit this in an episode in three or four months, maybe a bit longer, and, uh, and see where we are and kind of revisit those conversations a little bit. What do you think? All sounds good, yeah, and I'm sure the over 50% of those people there, I believe, were inshore fishermen or from the catching sector, so no doubt they're going to be wanting to know what happens next as well so I'm sure they'll be keen to voice their their views on this and if they haven't heard anything in the near future they'll be quick yeah. to remind people and follow up on what they'll happens They'll be on the next. phone to Paul. Oh, I think, I think, I, I, <laughs> they'll be on the phone to me here in CFP but I think it's probably incumbent on, on us as, as the new Fathom team to come back and revisit this um, because it would be it would be remiss, it would be um, poor form for us to, to, to broadcast this, let, let people get a flavour of the positivity and then not follow that up by saying where it went. So um, for, for, for people who are going to subscribe to this podcast, um, I make the guarantee now that we'll be, go back three months' time and we'll revisit it with DEFRA officials, with fishermen who may attend and the next steps. Talking of subscribing, you can subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher and all other major podcast platforms and I suggest you do so now. And follow us on Twitter which is Fathom underscore podcast. Okay cool, so we've got lots coming up uh, on the Fathom podcast, plenty more coming in 2019 but it's going to roll right through into 2020 so we're going to be looking at safety, health, like health and safety within the fishing industry so covering ILO 188 and the upcoming MCA roadshows, well actually they're happening around now. Um, we're going to be taking a look at young people in the fishing industry and how we can pave a new way forward. Uh, and we're also going to be taking a look at quota negotiations and the landing obligation. So plenty to tune in for.
Fathom has been brought to you by the Cornish Fish Producers Organisation with support from the European Maritime and Fisheries Fund and Seafarers UK.